a Writer's Podcast Lab production. Written and voiced by Randy Sanders. Produced by Purple Crow Productions. Elk Boy. It's alive. Last episode, Sheriff Seth McKinley, Trooper Dixon and Deputy Rains successfully removed Fergus Victor from the basement of his home after claiming he'd seen the elk boy, who he believes is Satan. And now, episode five. Elk boy, it's alive. of switchgrass swaying on the riverbank. I prop myself up on my elbows and find myself drifting in a rowboat gently down the stream. A herd of dairy cows graze in the pasture. They move in slow motion. Gauzy clouds float overhead like untethered kites. I peer down at my reflection in the water, wearing my uniform. I don't know how I got here. Paddles are splashing through water. I turn to see a skull crew racing to catch up with my rowboat on the starboard side. I look over as they pass. Five bull elk sit like humans, rowing hard. They wear Princeton tank tops. The coxswain lowers his bullhorn and flashes me a maniacal grin. Another team of bull elk passes on my port side, this time wearing Oregon State colors. Soon another passes me, and another, and another. Each crew wears the team colors of Princeton, Yale, Washington, Duke, Bristol, Harvard, Glasgow, Hamburg, Newcastle, Cambridge, Stanford, and more. They keep paddling past my boat. I must be in the middle of a college regatta. The Oxford boat holds up their oars as one rower stands up bends over and lowers his shorts. He lifts his tail and shakes his hairy elk ass in my direction. His crew team explodes in a chorus of vulgar laughter. The coxswain raises his bullhorn to his mouth and in the Queen's English says to me, Bloody indecent blauke is, eh, mate? More juvenile laughter follows. I row my boat to shore, drop the oars inside, and drag it onto the sandy bank. 
After patting myself down looking for my cell phone, I find nothing. I start across the field towards a log cabin in the distance. Hopefully there's a phone inside. I must check in with Big Mac. Cartoon-like flowers carpet the pasture. I bend down and pluck a purple tulip and put it to my nose. The smell reminds me of grape Kool-Aid. I swipe my tongue across the petal. It tastes like candy. I try another, this one cherry flavored, then lemon yellow, orange orange, and minty green. A pleasant euphoric feeling comes over me. I hear someone laughing, but there's no one there. Each step I take feels as if I'm floating on air. I lie down and look up at the clouds. Another elk crew team is rowing their skull across the sky. (laughs) This makes me laugh. The crew continues to paddle across the sky, drifting in and out of clouds. Reaching the horizon, they get out and lower the skull down from the sky into the river. They return inside and row aggressively towards me. As they reach the shore, they strip off their uniforms and drop to all fours. Again, with this unexplainable elk rage, I jump to my feet and run towards the cabin. They're gaining on me. I reach the cabin door, but it's locked. Anyone in there? Let me in. I need help. I'm in danger. The herd is closing in on me. There's anger in their eyes. I race to the back of the cabin and find an open window. I crawl inside and lock it behind me. I hear a voice. Got yourself in a wee spot of trouble now, eh, lad? A small gnome-like man appears out of nowhere. He has a long white beard and stands no taller than my kneecaps. A weathered captain's hat rests at a confident angle on his head. He drags a matchstick across the cedar wall and strikes a flame. After lighting his pipe, he snaps his wrist several times and drops the smoldering matchstick to the dirt floor. I hear a loud clattering sound. Dozens of angry bull elk bang their antlers against the window glass. I turn back to face the little man. Who are you? Is there another way out of here? Doof's the name. Doof Jones. And there's no way out of air. Have you heard of me brother, Davy Jones? His eyes twinkle as he clenches his pipe in a tight smile. Davy Jones? From the monkeys? He angrily strips the pipe from his mouth and spits on the cabin floor. No, you diddy added Wangstein. Me brother Davy was a sailing man, a skipper brave and sure. The flying Dutchman and the ferryman of Aids sailed that day, and they met their fate on King Neptune's seafloor. Yard of David Jones, Rokar, I trust. Yeah, yeah, look, we haven't much time, can you help me? The elk outside are yelling some bizarre foreign language. What the hell language is that? 
What are they saying? I don't know, lad. <laughs> but I know you're best be having a wee go. Because they're about to be boosting your cranium. They've broken the glass. Huh? You're a short one, yar. See you on the other. Sheriff! Sheriff! Wake up, Sheriff! I can hear someone yelling at me. I open my eyes to find Edna Woodhall banging in the window of my patrol car with a long metal device. It has a handle on one end and a clamp on the other. She's maneuvering it through an opening in the window to pinch my nose. I bat it away. Sheriff! Wake up, Sheriff! I must have fallen asleep in the patrol car parked on Main Street in Yankton, across from the Just-A-Buck store. The hell, Edna, for Christ's sake, stop it! You like my grabber claw? <laughs> Bought it on the Up All Night Shopping Network. Last night, I can pick stuff up off the ground or high on the shelves for seniors and disabled people like me. She holds up the tool on the other side of the car window. Edna is the town busybody. She's neither a senior nor disabled. She's just an enormous woman who doesn't like to walk. A well-known fixture around here, she's often seen zooming around town in her motorized wheelchair with a cigarette in her mouth and a massive goiter bulging from her neck. Tucked into the fat folds of her arm is a tiny chihuahua dog named Chico. He wears a sweater and a red beret. The smoke from Edna's cigarette seeps into the small opening in my window and starts to fill the inside of my patrol car. Edna, get that goddamn cigarette away from me. Well, goddamn yourself. I ain't the one who passed out in my patrol car. I, I didn't pass out. I'm resting. Had you a few too many at the tip-top tap for lunch, did you? A long ash hangs from the end of the cigarette wedged into the corner of her mouth. She periodically takes drags without removing it. I grab my hat and motion for Edna to move her wheelchair away from my side door. Get out and shake the sleep loose from my leg. Hey, Sheriff. I, I got some information for you about the Elk Boy sighting. She looks up from her wheelchair. A lethal mixture of her body odor, nicotine, and cheap beer hangs above in a pungent cloud. I glance at my watch, trying to figure out how long I've been napping. Another one? Huh? Another sighting? What are you talking about? You don't have to yell, for Christ's sakes. I can hear you just fine, Sheriff. Don't believe everything you read in that damn paper or that half-assed radio station, Edna. Oh, I ain't talking about the radio or the paper. Me and Chico seen the elk boy with her own eyes right there behind my trailer house. See, I was taking empty beer bottles out and I saw him staring me down right from the riverbank. <laughs> sure you did. Look, Sheriff, don't you be such a damn old shithead. 
You're gonna need all the volts you can get to hang on to your job. Daryl at the Chronicle and Harley Houston have been saying there's a secret candidate who's gonna announce that he's running again ya. If you don't take people seriously, then maybe we do need a new sheriff and your oat. That's just fine, Edna. That's how the system works. All right. What do you have? How's that? Tell me what you saw. Hey, Chico don't like your tone, mister. Not one bit. And I, for one, am in agreement with him. Agreement. How's that? Agreement, Edna. Agreedance is not a word. Ooh, listen, old Mr. McEducated here. You think you're all smart and stuff because you went off to a fancy pants sheriff in college. Look, this whole elk boy thing has worn me down. I've barely gotten any sleep. We get several calls a day from people saying they've seen the elk boy. He's the devil at all this. Idiots want to form a posse and go traipsing through the woods and kill it. Every damn sighting we have to investigate. It's taken up a lot of public resources, and I'm not getting much sleep. Don't be letting them harm the elk boy. He's the lamb child's angel. Oh, this is a new one. You, you don't think he's the devil? He's already done me good. Tell me what you saw. Well, I don't much know about them other folks, but I can tell you that me and Chico saw the elk boy at Space 56 at the Cedar Haven Trailer Park, last row again in the woods, where Crawdack Creek runs deep. We even talked to him. Edna, I know where you live. Now you shush. I was coming home from the Just a Buck store. You see, I'd get me a few boxes of that there fiddle-faddle, the hickory fiddle-faddle, and a case of buckhorn when it's on sale. You gotta watch them special, Sheriff. Sometimes it's Schlitz, sometimes it's ham, sometimes Colt 45. If you're real lucky, well, you get some old Narragansett. Buckhorn's my favorite. Seeing as I have a disability, I can only carry one case at a time, so me and Chico... Edna, get to the point. Don't you get nasty with me, Buster. So I walk into my trailer house, and immediately Chico was barking like, oh, get out. Now, this wasn't his usual bark that he does when those damn kids are playing back behind my trailer house in the creek. The Evans brothers, two big fat kids who always have some nasty intentions. They round up one of the younger boys coming home from school and bring him back to the creek to play. Born again, preacher. They tell them they're going to save their souls because the devil is going to creep into their room at night or follow them home from school and whip their asses. Then they grab the younger boy by the arm and both of them walk him into the water, make up some words about the lamb child and saving their souls from the devil. Then they hold their head under the water till they damn near pass out. That's when Chico does his protective bark. You ever called their parents? Oh, yeah, but their daddy is a preacher, Preacher Merle, over at the backhand of Christ Baptist Church. Why, he said his boys do the right thing for the lamb child. Said they're going to be preachers on their own someday. 
They're mean little bastards. But anyways, this time Chico had a different bark. Like something strange is lurking around his mama's house. I saw the hair on his head stand straight up, and he was snarling and showing his teeth and stuff. I tell you this, Chico appears to be the dashing and debonair gent. But you best don't be getting crossways with him when he's protecting his mama. I can tell you that. So I grabbed my gun, got me a nice new Smith & Wesson. Ooh, she's a beaut. I'm on a fixed income, so Fergus gave me a camouflage freedom credit card. Edna, can we wrap this up? Don't you be rude. So anyway, grab my farm, and I rolled to the back door. There he was. Who? Elk boy. Right there. Like folks around this town been saying. An elk bull with a boy's face gave me the jumping jeebies at first. But then he comforted me, because he's the angel of the lamb child. And what time was this, Edna? Well, let me think. Wheel of Fortune was just starting, so it must have been around 6.30 or so. You never guess what he told me, Sheriff. Who? Elk boy. He must have some sort of tension deficit order, do you? So what did he say to you? Who? Elk boy, for Christ's sakes. Oh, well, he said 56, 17, 89, 25. What the hell does that mean? Lottery numbers. He's what you call clairvoyant. Clairvoyant. How's that? Clairvoyant. The word is clairvoyant, Edna. So he gives you the numbers to your lottery. Great. How much money did you win? Did I say I won anything? There you go again with your tension deficit disorder. You got to learn to listen to your clients and have some patience, Sheriff. Especially if you want to get reelected. Don't they teach you that stuff in sheriff in school? You're not clients, you're constituents. Constitu who? Never mind. So what's the big deal here anyway? I'll tell you what the big goddamn deal is. One of them lottery numbers he gave me was correct. I saw it on the morning news. He's reaching out. Edna leans in and lowers her voice. Her breath is rancid. He's giving me one correct lottery number at a time. He's earning my trust. The long ash hangs from the tip of the cigarette, wetted in between her parched lips that I watch carefully. She stares back at me, one eye sheared shut to prevent the smoke from getting in. But he didn't give you all the numbers, so you didn't win shit, did you? Oh, that's where you're wrong, Sheriff. He's only gonna give me one correct number at a time. I don't give a damn about what Fergus is telling folks. Elk Boy ain't no Satan. Elk Boy is the angel of the lamb child. That's why me and Elk Boy, why we're forming what you call a mutual alliance. You see? Alliance, Edna. A mutual alliance. Huh? You do and you clean it up off the floor, Buster. Anyway, Edna, is that it? Hell no. He'll be back and next time he does... He'll give me two, maybe even three correct lottery numbers. I'm going to be a millionaire, Sheriff. You'd best stop being so damn arrogant, because it's in your best interest to be nice to a millionaire. So what, you'll split the winnings with the elk boy? 
Why, of course I will. The other boy just can't go waltzing into the lottery office in Salem to pick up a winning ticket, especially with all those idiots wanting to shoot him. That's why he needs me. A million bucks split down the middle means he gets a hundred grand and I get a hundred grand. Sounds like he got the math just right. I'm a lot smarter than I look, Sheriff. And what is an elk boy going to do with all that money? Oh, I'll take care of that. Gonna buy Murphy Ranch. You know, that former horse ranch down on the banks of the river. All 1,745 acres of trails, old growth timber, and peaceful shores. There's a big hill where I'll put my trailer house on and me and Chico can keep a lookout for trespassers. Elk Boy will be free to have access to all the land and space and live in peace from anyone who comes to try to hunt him down. They have to go through my Smith & Wesson. Why, I may even hire me some security guards. Keep all them Bible-banging assholes away who want to kill him because they think he's Satan and stuff. Let me tell you, Elk Boy been sent here by the Lamb Child. Edna has been playing lottery games for many years and won nothing. She was also a Sunday churchgoer at one time. She would attend the backhand of Christ Baptist Church every Sunday. But as the other busybody church ladies turned against her, a war ensued. Initially, they complained about her bringing her dog Chico to church, but she claimed he was her service animal. Then the issue was her body odor. This pissed off Edna so much she would light up cigarettes in church, yelling out, Does this smell any better, you shitty-ass old biddies? It caused such a stir, Pastor Merle called the sheriff's department to have her removed and banned Edna for life. Edna retaliated with a campaign of nasty letter writing each week to the letters to the editor section of the Chinook Chronicle. She called them liars and heathens. Daryl Swine loved it and printed every word. Any controversy, heated disagreement, or gossip he used to sell more papers, and that in turn sold more advertising. Edna was quickly invited by Pastor Ann to join the competition. The Jesus and Mary train Christian church across town. It's important to give Edna my time. She's the county's biggest gossiper and busybody. The last thing I need is her telling folks the sheriff is snoozing in his car, or that the sheriff wants to capture the elk boy, which would give folks a reason to believe that elk boy is actually real. The disappearance of Delmont Floyd and Fergus's sighting of elk boy has inundated the sheriff's department with a constant barrage of crazy calls. I have every deputy working overtime along with me. Pretend you've not seen me, understand, Edna? This is a very covert stakeout. Covert? Yeah, like top secret special forces, Navy SEALs, Green Beret. You see, I'm on the SPO. SPO? I pause and look up both ends of the street and whisper. Secret police operation. Ooh, I like that. You can count me in on that, Sheriff. Great. 
Now just keep a tight seal on all this Elk Boy stuff. We don't want to blow the entire operation. I wouldn't want to tell folks that Edna ruined the mission. Oh no, not me, Sheriff. I used to work for the CIA, you know. Is that right? I smile. Oh, I can talk about that stuff with higher-end people, but not such a low-level operative like you. If I told you, I'd have to kill you. We don't want that. No, we don't. Then I'll be on my way. Wait, aren't you going to deputize me? Maybe get out your sheriffing book and write up some paperwork stuff. You know, like them detectives do. That won't be necessary. Okay, maybe you can deputize me and Chico. He was a secret military dog, you know. Get us a couple of them shiny badges like what them detectives hang around their necks and nice black leather cases and flashing people's faces when they need to get past the yellow tape where all the blood and guts is. Edna, if you go around carrying a shiny badge... Folks will ask questions. You being ex-CIA, you understand that. Why, I figured you'd know how that works. We need to stay covert and undercover, get it? Ooh, yeah, okay. I get where you're coming from, Sheriff. You have my number for all secret briefings, right? Space 56. No, that's my trailer house number. I'm talking by my cell phone number. Trailer house space number is just is good enough. I know where to find you. Well, you come by any time to discuss this case. Especially when you have some information to share. I always have plenty of ice cold buckhorn on hand. Unless you're on duty. Then I'll have plenty of grape fanta for you with ice. Good to know, Edna. I climb back into my patrol car and listen to my voicemails. There's one from Big Mac. She says Daryl Swine from the Chronicle must have called a dozen times looking for me. She said he's called my cell phone, but it keeps going into voicemail. He says that I've blocked him. Sounds mad. (laughs) Said if you won't comment on his story, he's going to add that the sheriff won't return his calls about the Elk Boy sightings. And another one that Verl Lee is on his way back from that white supremacist thing in Idaho. I told the deputy that you need to speak with him as soon as he gets back in town. He says he'll be in your office this afternoon. Then I turned to see Edna plowing her wheelchair down the middle of the sidewalk, several pedestrians frantically jumping out of her way. Chico barks at them as he rides shotgun on her thigh. When she reaches the intersection, she takes a final drag from her cigarette and tosses the burning butt into traffic. It hits a passing car and explodes into sparks. With her grabber claw clenched angrily in her fist, she bangs it against the crosswalk button until the walk signal lights up and stops oncoming traffic. Zipping across the street, She tries to pass a car that's turning into the just-a-buck store parking lot. The driver slams on the brakes and yells something nasty from his window. Edna gives him the middle finger and disappears into the parking lot. 
Elk Boy is a Writer's Podcast Lab production. Written and voiced by Randy Sanders. Produced by Purple Crow Productions. All music written and recorded by Randy Sanders. For additional music, please see our Facebook page, Writer's Podcast Lab. And remember to like us on Facebook to stay up to date with all information on new episodes, Elk Boy merchandise, and new series premieres. If you like this series and want to hear more, consider a simple contribution of $5. Contact Elkboy at yahoo.com. Every contribution helps make this costly podcast a reality. Thank you. <laughs>